When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! One more. Hello and you're welcome along to episode 123 of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast brought to you as always by the White Hack Brewing Company in Ballymolton County Sligo. Uh, we're off the back of a nil-all draw uh, against Derry um, and we are coming into a very busy schedule for uh, Sligo Rovers with five games in the month of March ahead uh, and coming up on Friday we're home to Shells and we're away to uh, Dundalk on Monday. So we have a lot to cover. We're going to uh, have a look at um, our man of the match later on. We're going to give some beer away from the beer scorecast from the Derry game. And as I said, we'll um, we'll have a look at the upcoming fixtures. And we might have a chat about uh, Connor Walsh as well, who's back, uh, signed back with Sligo Rovers, but has gone on loan to Finn Harps. So uh, joining me this evening is uh, Jerry O'Connor. Jerry, how are things? Yeah, good, Connor. Thank you. Uh, Sean Dunn, Sean, how are you? Right, Ron. Oh, sorry, uh, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ronan Flanagan, how's it going? All good, Connor. Thank you. Uh, so, Ronan, uh, I'll start with you first. Um, what were your thoughts uh, following uh, a 0 0 draw against Derry City, second game of the season? Uh, you relatively happy with the performance? Uh, I was, to be honest with you. Um, going in, I suppose, I was kind of, once again, kind of going into the unknown. Um, like, you, you hear a lot about Derry and the players they have and that they're kind of looking to to capitalise on what they've what they've built and what they've signed during the winter. But um, certainly, performance-wise, yeah, definitely encouraged from what I saw. Um, I think we've, don't want to jump on too quick, but certainly we've, We've built a good foundation. Um, I know it's only two games into the year, but certainly um with a good strong defence. Um our midfield are they're mobile, they're comfortable on the ball. Um and then our attack. Um we have players in attack who are who are dangerous. It's just kind of suppose finding that that link up top, but certainly definitely encourage what I saw. And it's something to to build on for for the rest of the season, definitely. Uh, Sean, what was different in the performance on Saturday night than um, maybe what we might have seen from last year's team? If that's a, a fair question. Um, well, I'd say chalk and cheese in comparison to last year. Um, a lot more controlled in how we do things this year, so far. Um, and defensively, we're we're streets ahead of already where we were last year. We were a clusterfuck last year altogether. So this year we seem very steady, considering that's a that's basically a brand new back five. Um that's there. 
it's it's gelling together really well. Um, they're very composed. Look, a couple of mistakes here and there, but we're still ironing all that out. Um, but overall, in comparison to what we've had last year, as Ron was already saying there, like it's steady. It's a building in progress. That link between midfield and attack just hasn't clicked fully yet. But that'll come. But it's it's the defensive side of things that I've been really impressed with so far. I think we look like a really hard team to beat. And, you know, that's that's always a good place to start, isn't it? Uh, Jerry, are you worried about uh, the, uh, the connection between midfield and attack? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd be worried about it. Um yeah, I don't know. We didn't really link. Yeah, we didn't really link up that well. Um, I thought Max was kind of isolated a lot of the game, and we didn't get people in and around him as much as we did against Bohemians. And um, you can see from his play as well that he is he is quite rusty um, and lacking match sharpness. Um, haven't haven't said that though. We do need to get better ball into him and give him a chance. Um, you know, it was it was a tough gig for him there the other night. In fairness, um, and were, were we set were we set up a bit like to play as if we were the away team? Yeah, no, I think both teams were kind of. I don't know. Just it, it, both teams really didn't get going in in terms of the attacking side of the game. Both were pretty compact, good shape, weren't giving much away. Nobody was really committing men forward as much as I thought that both sides as much as I thought they Derry would have. I think it would have suited us more if Derry came more onto us and it might have opened up little pockets for us to exploit uh, players like the likes of Hartman and um, Simon Power. But there was, you know, and I don't want to be harping on about it, but the pitch didn't help either team either. Uh, very very soft. Um, much better than this time last year, but still difficult to play quick football on. Um, you know, when the ball is coming to you, you don't have confidence that it's going to actually reach you the way you want it to reach or you the way you expect it to reach you. And there was a couple of times through the game where Max actually got the ball on the halfway line. Uh, it was one of the times where he actually had a bit of space, took it down and, and, and tried to play out wide uh, to Simon Power. And you could see the ball bobbling and it just, it, he miskicked it. And it was the one time when we probably had an overload uh, in attack. So that was disappointing. I've seen Hartman as well. He was kind of lining up for a shot early in the, or midway through the first half. He came in from the, the right, went to hit it on his left, and the ball just bobbled. And uh, yeah, it went way over the bar or whatever. So I think with Max getting sharper, more match fit, the lads getting used to each other, the pitch is improving. I think our football will improve uh, and you'll see more goal threat in that regard. And that's not making excuses. I think Derry found it the same. I think uh, Rory Higgins spoke before the game and said that, you know, you have to find different ways to win the game. And I think Derry's approach was a little bit different to what I would have expected in that they weren't as expansive. Normally you see them putting the ball out wide quite a lot. They were very narrow and compact, I thought. Um, and were very cynical. Uh, I think they tried to rough us up pretty early in the game and th- got away with a huge amount of fouls, uh, particularly Domigan. I think he got booted in 25 minutes for a foul on, on Hartman, and how he wasn't booted before that is just... It was probably a good thing that he went off injured because if he kept doing what he was doing, he had to have been sent off at some point. 
Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was. Um, I think it was McJanet who who took down Hartman in that instance. Oh, okay. Um, but you're right. Yeah, they were. They are quite a big team, and um, I think the physicality is definitely uh, it's definitely a, a, a significant element of their game plan. Um, Ronan, uh, Jerry spoke about Jerry's kind of narrowness there as well. You know, in relation to the the service that we provide for for Max, uh, are are Rovers too potentially guilty of um, of kind of narrowing the pitch with? Max on the right, who's kind of looking to come in onto his left, as opposed to having a winger there who might try and get to the the byline, and um, and put crosses in for Max. Um, I'd say sometimes that would be the case, yeah, Connor. Um, like there was times there yesterday where you would think if if Fabrice had a right foot, maybe go the other way, and then as you mentioned, like put the ball into the box um, and that lets him down sometimes because like you know like the defender I know he he scored a great goal against Bowes last week with his you know cutting inside but sometimes that maybe that bit of unpredictability um, and yeah if he maybe had more kind of as was a was or a traditional winger some would say it might have you know, it it might might be better off, but yeah, I I could certainly see there would be a mirror for that, definitely. Yeah, Sean, they, they, could, they, could, they could switch, couldn't they? Um, Power and and Matter from time to time, mix things up a bit. You know, Matter could then become that more direct winger looking to get to the byline. Fabrice, sorry, who did I say? Matter, um, yeah, sorry, Fabrice. Yeah, yeah. I think well, no, I I like. Fabrice, uh, the way he's cutting in, it is different uh, to what you regularly have. But I think what you need to factor in as well is that the relationship between himself and J.R. Wilson needs to be developed fully yet. And J.R. is going to offer that overlap at times. And I think that's going to give you the width there. And that's going to be the out ball that Fab can play that ball into his channel then and let J.R. deliver the cross. Because Fabrice cutting inside is occupying their left side centre half and their left back. And it's creating a lot of space in that channel then for JR to go into. And he has the ability, even when on the ball, to take two players out of the game. He is that good. And, you know, that's what I think you need to look at there. I think he factors in far better as an inside forward than just an out-and-out winger. I understand that people would maybe want that unpredictability of Ronan says as well, where he can either go straight down by on the outside of a fullback or then cut inside. But I think what he does is effective. I don't think there's any issue with it to be honest for me. And I think once you see that relationship between himself and GR develop over time, you saw some instances in the first half of it. There was a couple of times GR did get in behind and the ball was played in. And I think, and again, not to go on about the pitch, it did hold us up. I think we were taking an extra touch on it just to make sure that we were set before even taking crosses. And I think it held us up a little bit. And, you know, if we're saying about the link as well between midfield and attack, I think we have to take into count the quality of the opposition we were playing to. You know, like Connolly was all over Max. Uh, anytime the ball came up to him, he was on him. It was, he was, uh, Max was nearly wearing him as a backpack at times. So he was. And then even when Dummigan went off, Adam O'Reilly slotted into that, into that six. And like, he was making sure he was in front of Matta every time. Like they were very good at what they'd done. 
But um, I'm drifting away from your question. I know on Hartman, but uh, no, no, I think I'm, you're you're right about you're saying about uh, Wilson and Hartman, um, and you there was a few instances where um, Wilson got really, really hot when Hartman cut inside that Wilson overlapped. And I think there was one point in the first half where Wilson actually won a header, won a tackle with a header. Yeah. <laughs> and he, on the he, deck, he, on the deck, wasn't it? A, a tackle header. In the second yeah. half as well, there was in the early in the second half, Hartman cut inside as well, and he he fucking skied over the over the bar. But yeah. if he on for another second, Wilson was on the outside. Uh, he didn't see him. And that would have, you know, he would have got in behind then as well. Uh, so you can see definitely what they're what they're doing, and it is it will work, and it is working. Um, on um, on X Twitter this morning, and um, we put up a poll seeking uh, the man of the match. Uh, the contenders were Niall, uh, Oliver Denham, Aidan Goals, and uh, Nando. Um, the the winner. Uh, on forty three point seven percent was was Ed in goals. Uh, it was another. He didn't have a huge amount to do, but he did. He did make some important saves, and I think um, his presence there, Ronan, was was notable. Just just his 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 presence for you know corners and set pieces and things like that. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's you know sometimes when he when he kind of comes for those corners, um. Like I don't know, it's it's you kind of know he's coming, and then I suppose once he once he comes and gets them, and I suppose teams will know that as well. Um, maybe they'll have to change up the way they do corners, but like when he, yeah, the presence and goal is it's massive. Like we were kind of missing it there for we've been missing it for whatever amount of time, eighteen months, and um, to have him there, I suppose, provides assurances to. The fellas in front of him as well. So yeah, it's great to have him. Great to have him back in goal. Um, Niall as well. Jerry had quite a good game. Uh, is he? Is he kind of growing into that captain captain's role? Yeah, I, I definitely think he is. Um, I was really impressed with him the last night. Like, I'd say of all the players, the midfield players, he probably on both sides, he probably won the most amount of headers, and that's something that he wouldn't be really kind of noted for. Um, so he's you know he's getting about uh, and really stamping his authority on the game. So that was really good because I thought he was a little bit quiet against Bowles, but he definitely stepped up there against Derry. Um, you could see him as well, like you know he was talking to the referee uh, quite a bit, but not in a arsehole kind of way. Kind of you you know that kind of he was interacting with the referee in a good way and that's good to see as well because um, I suppose that shows maturity and, um, and and just doing it the right way. Yeah. Uh, there is a bit of bite to his game now, a bit more bite to his game. Yeah. He said like he's getting around the place but he, he, I think that's something that he, he has to or that we need to see more of. We need to see more of that. I suppose it is a little bit more of being a, a leader in his actions as well as um, as well as in his, um, you know, yeah. you're just there's uh, Connor had. You could see all of them had bite to their game, like even uh, from the kickoff, the first man to win a header, and it was a pretty hard header from their kick. Uh, entire half was Hartman. He won that, and then the next 
uh, tackle. He wins that tackle. And I was like, okay, he's kind of nerdy. When you see him doing that, you're thinking, okay, there's a real change of mentality here. And uh, in terms of kind of attitude, not that there was bad attitude or anything like that, but you can definitely see there is bite throughout the team. There is that kind of hunger and desire to do the best that they can. Um, and that's, we, we were ranting about that, what's this, 125 podcasts or whatever. And I think we probably mentioned that in all of the 124 previous. But you can definitely see that change in mindset um, and just kind of aptitude and all the things that a fan wants to see, they're definitely doing it now. Okay, we didn't create many openings or anything like that, but it wasn't for the want to try and it wasn't for the want of rolling their sleeves up. It wasn't for the want of winning headers, tackles, things like that. Like Derry, we, like Derry came to bully us and they didn't. Like we put it up to them just as, just as good. We might have been as cynical, but we were well able for them in that regard, which was what the fans wanted to see was nobody grumbling or giving out and the fans were getting behind the team because they could see that they were putting a shift in. And, and as I say, that's, that's all we want. Yeah, on Twitter, Derek Coyle says that he thought Power was uh, put, he put in a great performance again. He said it was one of the few positives going forward and that he won every second ball. I don't know if it was just one of the few positives, but he did, um, again, going back to the idea of players having uh, bite, you know, you could see, uh, you, I think there was plenty of examples and I think Power kind of epitomized this was when we might have lost the first ball, but they were going back in again looking for, for seconds and in some cases, cases winning, winning it back, which is, I thought, again, was a kind of characteristic that maybe wasn't hugely um, visible last season. Um, so now you have, like, you know, there is that kind of, I know we're repeating ourselves, but there is that kind of hunger uh, among among the players to to keep fighting. Just on Nile as well there, lads. Um, I think, you know, it's fighting to think as well that we're finally actually going to see him get to develop in a position instead of him moved around the pitch constantly. Like, even if you look at last season, like he was playing in the eighth, played a little bit in the sixth, playing right back. I think he even played left back in the game, centre half for a couple of games. You know, for a young player learning his trade, you know, he needs to be in a set position. And especially now as captain, I think him at the base of that midfield is both vital for the team and him in his development. I think it gives him a good read of the game. Gives him a good view of things, what's going on. And I think he's able to quietly go about his business there last night. And, you know, he really took control of the game, I felt. Now, there was weaknesses in as well. I felt that times he was kind of lumping balls up. A, but there was a period there in the first half, especially, where we were dropping possession. And we we constantly dropped a little bit too deep. And we were just booting the ball basically back to Derry and inviting the pressure back on. And Nile was culprit for that a couple of times, I felt. Whereas I'd like him to just get on the ball, play a couple of nice, simple five-yard passes, get some control and get playing again. But all in all, I think he could really develop into a, a, an excellent number six and a very good captain for the club. Uh, just go back to some of the comments there on Twitter. Conor McCann says that he thought Denham was uh, outstanding on Hoban. Um, I think a lot of people were very impressed with uh, with Oliver Denham. Um, uh, Sean, I think you were particularly taken by um, his performance. I thought he was sensational. Genuinely, I thought he was brilliant. I'm possibly the best striker in the league. Um, probably the hardest striker in the league to mark because Hoban is a master of the dark arts. 
He's a nightmare. When you watch him live and he is elbows flying, he's pinching people, he's stepping on toes, he's had all the dirty stuff, but his movement is actually very good as well. And he has a tendency, watch it, after watching him last year as well against, he when it was Mahan, he dropped off Mahan on Dana Clancy and he bullied Dana Clancy last year as well. And I think he thought he was going to do the same to Oliver Denham last night where he picked Denham as his culprit and Denham ragdolled him. He genuinely ragdolled him all night. He wouldn't give him a moment's peace. Any ball that came near him, he was up his hole, kind of like what Connolly was doing to Max. And, you know, he, he won every ball. I don't think Hoban won too many aerial duels against Denham last night. Don't think so, no. He didn't get a sniff. He was, no, but it was like, he was, for a centre half, he'd done all the, you know, the old school stuff, like win your headers, win your tackles, all that. But when he's actually on the ball, he's a good footballer. He's yeah. actually quite cultured. He can pick a pass. He, he is, he's very good. Like that. He seems to be an all-around centre half and like himself and Nando seem to have a decent enough partnership built up already. You know, they're quite formidable because he's a big boy too. You know, he's not small. Like he's, he's well able for the fight. When you, Did you he, see that, Jerry? Did you see that partnership build it up? Yeah. Um, yeah, you like, look, they looked, the back five looked very, very good last night. I would have had, um, uh, JR actually is my man of the match. I thought he was really, really good. Really impressed with him. Um, but the two lads at the back, yeah, they kind of complement each other, don't they? Um, you're the lad Denim. He's he is a player like, and he's he's uh, you can see why he was at the clubs that he was at, and I suppose he's at a point in his career where he needs to get game time and learn the I suppose senior side of side of things, you know. Um, Someone put into the into the group today that he's only he's only played a handful of am I right in saying that that somebody said that he's only played a handful of senior games throughout his career? Yeah, as far as I know, he's only yeah, very small amount. And I suppose that's the reason why he is here. And like even last night, you know, okay, pitch wasn't great, etc. etc. Wasn't easy to play a ball on. But that in itself is a learning curve too for lads like that, because you know, they're probably playing on snooker tables even at their, their training ground or their under-23 Premier League games and things like that. Like, that was a a real throwback there last night where it was a physical game on a difficult pitch, big crowd. Do you know, so that in itself, all those factors would have been new for him. Uh, and I think, you know, he adapted really, really well. Um, I thought he got a really, really, really harsh yellow card in the first half. When you look back at the amount of fouls that Derry were that doing, was, that was absolute bollocks. Yeah, I was really annoyed, like for him, because it was it was nothing. Like he didn't even do anything, and you're kind of looking. He just had this confused look on his face when the referees gave him a yellow card. And again, welcome to the League of Ireland. Welcome to the League of Ireland. <laughs> you know what? Like what? What ref? Like you know, he done nothing. And I, I was just thinking at the time, it was just like, yeah, welcome to the the League of Ireland. But it's all a learning curve, and you know, like. Hopefully we can hold on to him for the season. And I think, you know, he'll be twice the player uh, that he, you know, that he is when he came. And yeah. I think that that game time will stand to him. Uh, Ronan, actually, the, the the yellow card count was interesting. I think there was, uh, let me see, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, eight cards dished out by the referee on the night. Uh, five of which went to Derry. Um and three of which went to to us, but I and like, you know, some of the personnel that we had last year, I think, might have picked up. You know, I think it's more likely that we were on the the side of picking up five yellow cards 
last season um, than than um, the opposition. So, but I, I get my point is there there is there is a sense of kind of real structure about the team, and there's kind of a sense of discipline within that as well to some extent. Like the the denim yellow card was ridiculous; he should never have been booked. Um, the other two players that were booked were um, uh, Mali and uh, Wilson Wareru was booked in the, towards the end of the game. I can't exactly remember. Oh, he was slowing the game down, and it wasn't. That was that was uh, that was. Uh... No, he absolutely flattened McJanet. Did he? Yeah, at the sideline. All right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was a great. It was um, a great yellow card. He flattened him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just I thought like last season again, you could I could see our midfielders picking up a lot of yellow cards in, the, in in that kind of physical encounter. Um. So I think that was just another uh, another. Um, Another note. So, something that we haven't mentioned yet was um, the 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 attendance last night. Um, you know, close to four and a half thousand. Um, I know when I came in anyway. I came into the showgrounds around ten past or quarter past seven, and there was queues up towards there was queues up as far as nearly as far as Mooney's Bar, uh, coming from the Maharaboy direction. And I think if you were coming from um, from Chicks Avenue, they were down as far as Nazareth, Nazareth House. So. Um, there was a, a fantastic, there was a fantastic buzz around the place, and uh, those new floodlights are very bright, very, <laughs> very bright. You, I think you you need a pig hat or sunglasses. I don't want to say I don't want to say I preferred the old uh, the old floodlights, <laughs> but they but. are they, no, they, they are. Um, it it actually change it it changes the atmosphere uh, a lot. I felt I don't know if you if anyone would agree with that. It it, it feels different. Yeah. Electric, wasn't it? Yeah, it was absolutely, um, and and hats off to the lads in the new terrace section. Uh, the atmosphere coming from there was brilliant. Um, and you know, I know Derry had Derry had a really good crowd with them as well, five hundred, and I think they referred to it about maybe seventeen times on Delaware uh, commentary. Never shut up about the Derry supporters, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> A lot of noise, but the, the like the the amount of pyro they used as well was just insane. And from looking at it from I suppose Forza Rovers' point of view, they see all these other clubs doing it, and I suppose it must be very difficult for them to refrain from it. But you have to give them credit the amount of work that they put in to that section over the the last few weeks to get it ready. Uh, they paid a lovely tribute to all the uh, supporters that passed away during the the closed season. And then as well, they, they didn't use any pyro, um, which is part of that kind of scene and stuff like that. I mean, you see your opposition doing it. And, but so hats off to them. You know, Derry can afford all the fines in the world, whereas we can't. So uh, have to give them a shout out for the for all the atmosphere and everything. Do uh, Is the fine not split if the away fans uh, pull out pyro? No. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. And from the feedback that I got in relation to security was like they were they were like searching everybody, um, you know, thoroughly that was going into the, the dairy section. But look, if you want to get something like that in, you know, there are ways and means of doing it. And there's only so much a club can do. So I, I don't think Sligo Rovers will be any way uh, fine for that. It'll be dairy. Just one more thing, Connor. Um, and look, I think every League of Ireland podcast, every League of Ireland uh, fan or column or newspaper or whatever the case may be, have been going on about facilities 
uh, you know, nonstop over the last few years, and particularly since the the crowds have taken an up a real upturn. Like we, as you said, there we had nearly four and a half thousand people at the game last night, and thank God it was a good night in terms of weather, because you would have had probably two thousand to fifteen hundred people standing out in the elements, and it just shows you how popular uh, the League of Ireland has become, and we really need to get the government. Um, to start backing us with facilities like they can find 50 million to give to Caseman Park in Belfast but yet League of Ireland clubs aren't getting a cent and the numbers are gone through the roof but, you know like going the pitch like we we need like the showgrounds pitch is a field it's not a purpose built uh, football pitch it's a field that has been modified over the years right and that's the top that's the top professional uh, league in our country right we're playing on a field Right, and you've nearly four and a half thousand people at a game in a sparsely populated part of the country, right? And fifty percent of them nearly have to stand out in uh, out in the elements. But that's not good enough. Like if they can give fifty million to Casement Park, surely the League of Ireland needs to be looked after. And um, where every bit is important, you know, from sport and social, social, um, so you know that we give to social outlets or whatever the case may be, well, we're just completely fucked over all the time, and all the money is given to all other associations, and it's just like last night is real eye opener in terms of the poor standard of facilities, and like again, like the volunteers around the club are fucking doing this, that, and the other to try and prove what we ha- have with with very little resources, and it's just very, very, very frustrating. As good as it is to see all the people at the game last night, it could have been so much better in terms of a better playing pitch and proper standard or proper facilities for spectators. It's yeah. but the government the government will tell you where's the, the funding applications from, from League of Ireland clubs over the last number of years. Uh the GEA are experts at identifying those funding streams and they will uh, employ the appropriate people or they'll have teams of um skilled individuals who are experienced in that area to make those applications and that that's part of the reason why why yeah. they consistently get that money and um, but I guess look, I, we know firsthand that that's changing um uh but I like I absolutely agree with you um you know it, it, we should have been we shouldn't be in this situation today we should have had it sorted you like know, you're praying, you're praying for dry weather you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, yeah. This is the top uh, top tier of, of Irish football and we're praying for good weather that people can go and watch a game of football. Yeah. And it was, we were blessed that it was a, it was a perfect night. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so just uh, briefly, the, another player that I wanted to mention was uh, we got our first glimpse of uh, Charlie Wigget who came on for J.R. Wilson in the second half. Wigget, I believe, um, Ronan is a, a centre-half by trade. Um, we know that he has played uh, his uh, underage and academy football with Chelsea and then going to move to Newcastle. And um, I guess similar to Oliver Denham, in, in order to try and get more game time, he's um, he's he's found his way up to the showgrounds. Um, your thoughts on him as he went in uh, at right back for, for Wilson? I think he was... He was good. Like he was only on for no run. He was great. He was great. And um, <laughs> you need to you need to get on board. He was great. No, yeah, I I would agree. Yeah, Furness. Um, no, he. Uh, yeah, 
Well, he, he he looked he looked um, he looked the <laughs> part. You know, he was only on for whatever it was, ten minutes. But he again, no more than Ed. He he does he he has a presence. He's a big guy. Probably has the physique of a centre half. But I, I he 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 played a bit of football as well yesterday. He did. Uh, he came out with the defence. I think did he was it him? That kind of brought about all the defence and um, I think for a, a highlight that he I don't know is it a highlight but. When he kind of, I don't know, was a Duffy or one of the Derry fellas was trying to get the ball and he he kind of put his body ahead of him and just kind of saw it out for a goal kick. And it was just kind of like, right, I'm here now. So um, I don't know what, it might be a bit daft, but yeah, that I found that that was, a, that was, that was good to see for Ernest that he wasn't afraid to get stuck in straight away. Well, I can tell you now, I'm off the Ellis Chapman bandwagon and I am wholeheartedly on uh, the Charlie Wiggett bandwagon. You're so sick. I thought, yeah, you can go fuck yourself, Ellis. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, I think um, I, I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see more of him. And I think he potentially he could play, like we we all know how thin our squad is and we are ultimately going to pick up injuries at some stage. And um, it'll be interesting to see where Different, like, and it kind of goes against what you were saying, Sean, about keeping players in in um, in positions for you know long periods of time so they get comfortable and things like that. But we, I, I just got the the feeling that he looked like a fella. He could he could play the six. You know, he could obviously centre half. He can go into full back, and we need to have that kind of that flexibility, um, that flexibility around the team. Uh, any other? Um, uh, what about Mali and uh, Ellis Chapman as well? They they I suppose they 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 maintained the shape that we needed to. Keep uh, to keep Derry at bay, Sean. Yeah, definitely. I I really like Connor Malley. He's a touch of class. He's something we haven't had in the showgrounds in years. He has that ability to unlock defenses and just creates loads of space in the field all the time. His close control is it's, he's brilliant. I think you know you can see what people have said have said about him in the past. You know that there's a real player in there. Just needs to be unlocked. I think we might be the ones to see the benefit of this. He seems to be. He seems to enjoy himself when he's playing on the with Rovers. You know, he looks like he's he's well up for the fight, and he doesn't shy away either. He's quite physical, gets involved, um, but very disciplined as well, like Chapman and like Morhan in their positional sense. And even last night, like you know, I can't think of a situation where you know Dury just walked through us at any stage. You know, they have to work hard to get any to get any attacks going, um. And also our their ability, the midfielder filler, excuse me, midfielder's ability to play out from a counter press. The Derry never uh, won a counter press against us. The other night we played out in tight spaces all the time and opened up the play beautifully at times. And you know that's something that's really impressed me is that is our ability to do that. And it comes from the likes of Mali playing in tight spaces, playing one twos, and then even playing it out then to either Reese or JR, whichever whichever side is the outlet. And, you know, going forward, that's going to be massive for us. But it all stems from inside in that midfield. And those three lads are going to be pivotal for us. So we'll see how they, they go as the season goes on. Uh, before we finish up on the, the Derry game, did we tire towards the end? Michael Duffy was beginning to make inroads in the last 10 minutes or so. Um, were, were any of you anyway kind of worried or were you happy enough with how things were playing out? I think we looked kind of, uh, bar maybe the one chance near the end where Daniel, I think, was it Nando swiped at the ball and 
Yeah. Yeah. Kelly got in behind. But um in fairness said was he came out kind of Yeah. That was the only time I kinda had my heart in my mouth. Apart from that, I thought we were like as Sean said, we were really disciplined, we kept our shape. Um so you know, and we done that last week as well, in fairness, and that's what we talked about as well. That we were disciplined, we kept our shape, everybody knew what their job was. We got a little bit more joy last week in terms of going forward, but no, I didn't think I, I, I was kind of apart from that one chance. I was kind of com- I felt comfortable enough. I wasn't, you know, freaking out or anything. So happy enough with that. Even, even on that chance, Jerry, like that ball is actually it's a terrible ball. Nando should deal with it. He messes yeah. it up like so. It, it's it's just it's blessed the feeding falls to yeah. Daniel Kelly. Well, open this up like yeah, you know he like. You know, you have to hand it between J.R. Wilson and Charlie Wiggett. Like they kept Duffy very quiet. Yeah. All night. Like, and he's he's possibly one of the best players in the league. If you know what I mean, he's in the top three or four anyway. So yeah, he's he's lethal dangerous. But like, you know, even in the highlight package, I think he's one or two, two balls into the box. And that's that's his best one. But it's actually not a not even a good ball. It's our mistake. Yeah. Unfortunately, from Nando that that causes that problem. Yeah. Just a few observations from the game, right? Uh, was was one thing. Any time uh, there was a break in play, all our team went over to the dugout. They're like every time there was a break in the play, we went yeah. over instructions or, or like little kind of get together, like isn't what's happening. Or I just thought that was interesting to see. Yeah, that's happened. Uh, that happened up in Bowes as well. It, you know, they were. It was actually Owen Harry remarked on it a good few times. Yeah, when we done it up in Bowes, he was just and he was actually he was he was complimenting the team and Russell on that. He, and he was he was giving out about Bowes not doing it. He was like, look at he says, look at Rovers. You know, they're going over. They're getting instructions. They're getting they're spotting the little things that are happening throughout the game. And obviously, they can work. You know, they're they're figuring out ways to deal with it. Where Bowes, he says, we're just kind of standing around waiting on the ball to come back into play, whatever was up if it was a player injured or whatever it may be. Yeah. You know, you have to take your opportunities to get tactics on board all the time. You can't just have it at half time. If you have an opportunity, take it there and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another couple of things well was just from our throw-ins. Um like last season we were taking a lot of short throw-ins where someone would drop from midfield, throw balls thrown into him, he taps it back to the thrower, and then we try and build play. But we actually didn't do that there the last night we were kind of throwing it down the line looking for a flick on or into Matt into Max Mata so I just thought that was just another interesting uh, change in terms of tactics and I was kind of quite happy with that because I just felt that last season when we were doing those short throw-ins and I know we were looking to retain possession from that but more often than not we actually ended up losing possession so I just feel that doing this kind of being a little bit more direct, yeah, we are probably, you, you would think that we're going to lose the ball more, which in the past, I think we we're petrified at losing the ball in midfield or anywhere. Whereas now we're a little bit more risky in what we're trying to do. But I think, and that's kind of, uh, those drones are kind of uh, an example of where we're willing to take a little bit more risk um, to get forward. Whereas last year, we were far too safe, in my opinion, and everything that we done. So that's kind of for me. That's a really progressive thing to to see. I think it shows, Jerry, that we're getting closer to each other, though. 
in terms of, you know, oh, for getting the ball up. Oh, sorry, <laughs> football and wise, sorry. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> that way too. You know, don't don't be afraid of it. <laughs> but uh, no, just you know, like in terms of either Mali or Chapman are power that you know if the ball goes up to Max, they're they're tight to him. You know what I mean? We're able to play there, so we are. Whereas last year we were miles apart on the pitch, so yeah. we were. You know, the distance was phenomenal. So we're actually we're moving in compact squares nearly. Through, you know, through all over the pitch, and you know it's paying dividends. And the last thing then on the game, new nets. Very, oh. very impressive. Didn't notice that. Did you not? No, I couldn't see anything with the fucking lights. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> maybe they aren't you. They just fuck you with the brightness of the lights. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was looking at my father like that. It's taking ten years off you them lights. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, right, okay. Anything on them? Um, I know we didn't see a lot of them on uh, Wilson Wearu. Did we see enough of them to comment? No, I... uh, do you know what? If anything, I thought it was the right time to make the substitution this time around. That he did offer, he worked hard when he came on. He do you know what I mean? He didn't shy away. You yeah. know, obviously, nothing really happened for him, and the game was kind of fading away at that point, but. You know what he done, he done well. Uh, okay. Anything else on the uh, on the very game, or is that, that kind of it? Does that cover everything? Anyone know where I can get a good steak sandwich? <laughs> oh, I think uh, the Belfry is the place for you. Uh, if you're is that product? As... What's that, Jerry? That product placement, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hope next week we are sponsored by uh, the Belfry and their beautiful steak sandwiches. Um, okay, so look, we will uh, we'll press on. Um, so, like, generally speaking, we're 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 quite happy with uh, with with the point against Derry. Yeah, yeah, I think it was a fair result. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, coming up, we will look ahead to. The game against Shells in showgrounds on Friday and to Drada away. Uh, before we do that, we are going to give away some beer uh, from the beer scorecast competition from the Derry City game. So um, obviously the game finished 0-0 and we had correct answers from Joe McDwyer, uh, Eamon Kelly, Jamie McGoldrick. Uh, but we're going to give it to, we're going to give the case of White Hag this week to uh, Rory Holohan. So we will be in touch. Uh, to get details off you, and the White Hag will then be in touch with you to uh, to get your your case of beer out to you. Uh, no shouts in the shed in this week because we're recording very early in the week uh, on Sunday evening. So um, I'm sure now when we finish recording, Sean will have something in the inbox. But sure, what can you do? Um, okay, so um, looking ahead to to uh, Friday night, uh, shells at home. What are our thoughts on this, Jerry? Um, potentially. Uh, Shells could potentially be a tougher um, opposition than Derry. I feel that their 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 tails are up. They're in a very positive place. Um, I have not seen them play this season, but uh, everything I've heard about um, you know, pundits and commentators talking about them and articles in the papers say that they are um, they are 
they're in much better shape than they were last year. Obviously, they, they had great results against Shamrock Rovers. So, um, how do you feel going into this one? Yeah, I think it could be harder than the the Derry game as well. I watched uh, most of their games, most of their game against Shamrock Rovers there on Friday night. Um, they've they've from what I seen, they've really uh, come out of the traps quickly, um, and they're just a real kind of dynamic in your face type team. Um, really impressed with Mark Coyle, who's now their captain this season. Um, I just think he's probably one of the most improved players in the league, and you have to give Damien Duff a lot of credit for that. Um, yeah, so they're they're a better version of what they were last year. Same characteristics, but just better. And they look like they'll score goals. And I think last year they probably had one of the best defensive records in the league. So yeah, it'll be it'll be really, really, really tough. And you know, everybody's kind of talked about. Uh, Pat Derry and Shamrock Groves for the league, but I wouldn't put beyond. I wouldn't put the league beyond Shelburne. To be fair, yeah, uh, they they're certainly um. Well, going back to like the likes of Mark Coyle, like when he played with Finn Harps, um, and I know we we had kind of bounced it around in our WhatsApp group. But Jesus, he's the kind of player that we we could yeah. really do with. But like he he he, you know, let's come back to the point that you made. Yeah, absolute kudos to Damien Duff to to be able to turn him into the player that he he certainly appeared to be in the Shamrock Rovers game anyway, where you know with I don't know, was the the game was dying out and Shells needed that energy in the middle. He was still plowing around the place. It looked like he's um, it looked like he he had a huge level of fitness and um, um yeah he's he's just he's kind of an unrecognizable player to what we would have seen in the past. Completely, yeah, yeah, and he kind of he kind of epitomizes the the team that Shelburne are now in that you know it is high energy and in your face and you know I suppose it's maybe Jurgen Klopp would call it as like kind of he- is it heavy metal football like they're they're intense like I'm not saying they're similar to Liverpool but they're they get in your face they don't give you a second they're on the front foot um yeah they're they're a good team. And they've more strength and depth this year too than they would have had last year. Um, actually, now that I think about it, I did see a bit of the the game against uh, Shams as we we're talking about Mark Coyle. Um, uh, what's their centre half's name? Uh, he's been around the league for years. He had a great game against Shams. Um, Paddy, Paddy Barrett. Paddy Barrett. Yeah, he. I I didn't think he was great last season, but my God, in that the game against Shams, he he was putting in challenges, going to ground very frequently. Almost always winning the ball, like you know. Um, I think after he he looked almost like he was overweight. Maybe he wasn't overweight, but he was just maybe like too bulked up. He's huge, yeah. Yeah. Whereas this season, you know, he's still big, but last year he just like I don't know, he looked like muscle man or something. He looked like he was ready to pop, but he looks a bit more able to get around now and a bit more mobile. Uh, Ronald, we're going to see. Two, two, easily two of the best keepers in the league. Um, yeah, we know about Ed. We talked about him before earlier on. Um, but Connor Kearns, um, got a lot of plaudits last year, rightly so. Um, as you mentioned, yeah, shells were the best defense last year, whatever it was. But um, yeah, Kearns is a is a weird one. Like I suppose he he started at UCD, and there wasn't, you know, he was regarded well there but there wasn't much talk about him around the league um and then he ends up at shells 
And I suppose since he's gone to Chelsea, he's really kind of gone on another level. Um, and I suppose his his distribution as well would be be well known as well. I know he got a sit, he got an assist there actually against Shams. That great ball for Will Jarvis, I think it was. Um, yeah. you know, like he's he's a big presence, like we mentioned with Ed earlier on. Um. And he's a big character by all accounts as well. And I think he's... There was a lot of talk about him last year. Maybe, you know, there was a few clubs sniffing around him. But um, he's, he stayed with Shells and certainly he's a player they, they regard, regard really highly anyway. Yeah. I think, Ronan, he went from UCD to Galway, then to Shells. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there was a lot of kind of... I remember at the time, Galway swapped Brent... or. Brendan Clark went to Galway and Conor Cairns went to Shells. I remember at the time it was kind of, it was like, oh, it was kind of, uh, people were a bit surprised. But um, in fairness, it was a great bit of business uh, from Shelburne because, like, he definitely is, you know, between himself and Ed Hard. You'd have to put Conor Cairns as top keeper in the league at the minute, in, in fairness. Probably, yeah. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, from, our, from an approach point of view, Sean, what do you expect from us? Uh, we have had... Um, thinking between the Bulls game and the game in Derry, both starting 11s were the same. I think I'm right in saying. Um, yeah. Will we be? Will you? Will you be ex- expecting the same 11 again to start against Shells? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, obviously, fitness wise going our way. Yeah. Um, I definitely expect it. I expect to see the same thing for the next few games. To be perfectly honest with you, Connor. Um, but going into the game itself. It's going to be a strange one for us because even you look at the Shells game against Shams, like they gave up possession for that game. They were happy to let Shams have the ball and that's them being at home. So I would imagine they're going to do the same thing away from home and try and catch us on the counter. I think that's going to be their their ammo. Like I think, what was it? They gave up 17 attempts from Shams the last night so like and that's as you're saying already but he highlighted Connor Cairns and as a big factor for them so you know we've got to be we've got to be intelligent in how we approach it in our in our in our style going forward it's got to be precise and it's got to be effective because they are they're excellent defensively so they are they they back themselves to break down any attack you know um with the likes of Coyle Barris you know, Lonnie, there's some class, but this they do have some fabulous footballers, so they have in fairness to them. But um look, it's it's gonna be a massive test for us. Again, without being negative, I suppose, like again, I'd snap your hand off for a draw against them. To be honest, I don't know is it just is it gonna be that winnable of a game? Because and we don't have a great record against them either. So, I think it's that you know, every game is gonna be ultra tight right throughout the league and you'll see some funny results coming up and things like that uh, I think Ian Rooney was saying to me the other day he was saying uh, there was a last man stand a League of Ireland last man standing competition on Facebook and like there was hundreds of people in it and he was saying to me on Friday night and basically there was only six people left in it and all of them were on Derry so basically after two weeks everybody is out of the competition <laughs> Easy money. Easy yeah. money. <laughs> Insane. Like two weeks, everybody gone. Hundreds. Yeah, yeah. Um 
yeah oh across the top a thought across my mind today was um the the waterford victory against uh, Drada united uh early signs are saying that uh, Drada could be could be um could struggle um i don't know if um if if it's too early really uh, Ronan, to be kind of making those predictions for someone to be rock bottom bottom throughout the season was it too early? I don't know. Um, I was actually I read that there were a piece in uh, whatever the local paper is. The Argos they're up in Drada, um, and Doherty kind of called out his players for not showing up against Waterford. So maybe, yeah, not maybe not so not all is is rosy in the the Drogs Garden. Um, but uh. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I, mm, I wouldn't, I would want to predict now, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one, definitely. Yeah, to be looking out for. Would you, would you say it's not hunky dory in the park, Ronan? Very good. That's a good very one, good. Sean. Very that's good, a very good Sean. one. Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, Jerry, any thoughts on uh, on Drahada potentially being cannon fodder for for the season, or is it too early? Well, I think it's way too early. Um. Yeah, look, I think you'll really have to get through at least one set of one round of games before um anybody can kind of come to that conclusion. I don't think anybody's going to be can, can of fodder, to be fair. Um I think it's going to be really tight the whole way through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, we'll move on to uh to Drada on uh on sorry, Dundalk on Monday uh, in the car park. Um <laughs> The the sur- the surface is always a worry going up there, particularly with such a a small squad, Sean. Yeah, funny. I think it's actually one of the two does football wise though. I think we'll knock the ball around on it really well. Um, but yeah, injury wise, you're going to be you'll have everything crossed going into that game that nothing bad happens. But uh, all in all, this is the one I think we should be going and win. You know, this is the one I want three points from big time because I think. Dundalk are going to be one of the teams that are going to be around us this year, so you need to be beating them. Um, you know, if you could take four points from these next two games, I think that's incredible. But personally, uh, three, I'd be happy with, and that's against Dundalk. So, uh, you know, I think that's it's it's vital we go up there and win, to be honest with you. I know it's very early in the season for saying, oh, vital to win this game, but genuinely, the league is going to be that tight. We need to be taking points off the teams that are going to be around us. Jerry, what do you think? Um, I'd actually, I'd actually take a defeat against Shells if we could beat Dundalk. I know that sounds a bit kind of weird, but yeah, I think like what chances there, there Dundalk are going to be the team that's going to be in and around us. And as it as early as it is in the season, these games can be a six point or two, you know. And also, also the pitch definitely, even though it's as bad as it is, it will suit us for playing football. On. Um, you know, like you're not gonna have to take that extra touch or whatever. You can move the ball quick and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think uh, we we've a, a decent chance. But like that too, you just don't know with with Dundalk. Like you know, they had a fabulous result against Shams in Tala there two weeks ago, and we're lucky not to win the game. And then to go out and in the uh, in Oriel and get well beat by Galway. So again I suppose it's during the season and teams have yet to settle down into a pattern so who knows Ronan finally what are your thoughts uh, going into the game on Monday night 
Uh, yeah, I'll be interested. Um, Dundalk are—they're a strange team this year, I suppose. As the lads mentioned, uh, got the draw against Shams, lost to Galway. Um, there was a bit of discontent around there as well. Um, always, always, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I think yeah, like certainly, you would hope that. They probably will have, I don't know, will we make changes for the game on Monday? We probably will have to, maybe. Depending on, I suppose, on the, on the situation after Friday. Um, but certainly, it's a game, yeah, you have to be targeting to to, to get a win. And, um, well, I suppose, go out to win every game. But a game that could prove vital come come the end of the season. Um, Drada, it, to just change tack slightly in the Drada... Uh, the Dundalk game, the Dun- the game they lost to uh, to Galway, they had seventy percent possession, which probably says more about Galway and their style of play uh, than it does about anything else. But I just thought it was interesting that they had seventy seventy percent possession, and um, and Galway come up to you and, and take score two and take three points off of you. Um, I, yeah, I get the feeling that. Uh, I think, Sean, as you said, you'd be looking to see the same team over the next number of weeks. I think come Monday, if we can play the same team, um, we're probably in reasonably good condition. Um, but I would get a feeling that we probably have to... I wonder, did, did anyone notice that uh, J.R. Wilson might have been kind of holding his hamstring a little bit um, when he came off for for Wigget on on Saturday night? I've seen online somewhere that he, um, it was tightening up throughout the day and I think it was precautionary just to take him off I think he knew it himself as well that it, you know you're starting to feel it a wee bit so he actually signaled to the bench to, to be taken off I think yeah, that's I think yeah I think that's why he was doing tackles with his head at one point <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah. actually just you know I, I'm the one who's out there saying I don't think you'll see a change side for a few games but um, actually been a bit more logical on it and just thinking about it, I actually don't think you'll see Simon Power play on Monday. At all. I don't think they'd risk him on that pitch. I think right, you'll okay. see Will Fitzgerald come in on Monday. Okay. Okay. Um, what would you want from the two games? No, what? Sorry, not, not what would you want. What What do you think will happen, uh, points-wise? What would be your return, Sean? Daily uh, four, I think we'll... Say that again, you just broke up. Sorry, ideally, uh, like four points from the two games, but um, I think realistically, I, I'd say we'll take three. Uh, and Rona, what do you think? Uh, I'd agree with Sean, yeah, three, three points. Um, yeah, um, okay, hard to see, uh, hard to see, uh, much more coming from it. Okay, um, just before we finish up, and there was a little bit of news over the uh, uh, well, last week, or maybe the week before last, around um, uh, Connor Walsh, who resigned with the club, um, but immediately went on loan to uh, went on loan to Finn Harps, which, uh, from from my point of view, anyway, it looks like a strange move. Um, we know that he might have been in the UK, or that he was in the UK on trial with a couple of clubs, but um, he came back to Ireland. It, it, he's, I don't think he's going to start. Uh, in up in Donegal, uh, I don't think he's going. He's going to be number one. So, Jerry, any idea why do you think he might have gone on loan 
So, so signed back with Rovers and then gone on loan to Finn Harps to be number two, where he would have been number two here as well. Well, they must feel that he has a chance of getting in at Bally Buffet. Um, I know their their goalkeeper goalkeeper up at there at the moment. I think he's been out for seven or eight months. The first game of the season against Longford was his first game in that length of time. So I don't know if he covered himself in glory. So maybe that's maybe that's the reason why he's going there and that he will get in. Um, and if he does get in, well, brilliant. Yeah, um, it leaves us, leaves us a bit light though, doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's like what, Richard Brosh is 39. Um, and, you know, it is old for any position and it's even old for a goalkeeper. But at the same time too, you know, you see the likes of Adam Manis, you know, he continued on to live at, what, 42? So, as cover for six months, I think we, I think we'd be okay. I, I wouldn't be... Um, Obviously, uh, you want Aiden goals, but if, if if Brush had to stand in for a game or two, you know, he wouldn't be too uh, put out by that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on that, lads? No. no? Okay. Um, have we anything else that we need to, to mention before we finish up? Just to mention Ted, the PA announcer in the Grand Jerry Ryan. Um, I know a few of the lads are a couple of the the support trust lads um, asked him if he would play a new playlist and all that sort of stuff so he did and uh, it was nice to get kind of that you know uh, get that playlist on board so fair play to him and uh, even going out of the ground he was playing like loads of uh, birthday wishes and stuff like that and I think all that stuff is really important uh, in as part of the modern kind of fan experience so it was just yeah. another the bow in terms of all the improvements that have happened in the showruns over the last while. And, and one thing I would say is that all these improvements cost little to no money at all. And it's amazing what you can do, you know, when you put your mind to it and stuff like things like that, you know, we're, we always kind of, we always kind of, how would I say it? Uh, you know, maybe cry about not having money, but you know, it doesn't always take money to make improvements. Uh, yeah. You know, one of, the things, and one of the things I noticed about, um, I you know, looking back at the highlights of the Derry game is, um, with the, the, the shop in the showgrounds moving from the clubhouse, uh, you know, kind of across the property to, um, to where it's now located. Uh, like this is just a very small thing, but it adds another kind of sense of depth to the, to the, the, the area and what's kind of presented on screen as well. Like, because you could see. During the game, you could see people going in and out of the shop, and you could see activity, and it just, you know, because because of that on TV, that kind of space looks with no stand there. Um, it's kind of a it has a negative connotation, I feel sometimes, but like you could see that there's there was people going around, going in and out of these different kind of parts of the ground, and um, I just thought it looked well, and I know that walking by the shop, the shop, the new shop looks amazing, and um, there was great work done there, but um, yeah, yeah, we've we've kind of created like a little street. Yeah, a little high street within the ground, you know, um, and it just adds to the activity and the atmosphere, and you know, uh, the experience. And the the other thing as well is Martin was like there was two Mazdas. I'm not trying to plug Martin Riley, but uh, um, there was you know the 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 uh, 
that opportunity to use the space for promotional purposes as well. Martin Riley was there with the two cars there. It looked great. It just, it's again, just another little thing that kind of adds, you know, you've got an empty space, use it. Yeah. And it doesn't cost any money. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, lads, will we wrap things up? Yeah. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, keep an eye on our our Twitter and Xtreme on um, on Friday for beer scorecast for shells, and the same again on Monday for the draw the game. And uh, Dundalk, Dundalk. Did I say Jesus Christ? <laughs> Dundalk. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, Sean, thanks a million. Thanks, lads. Ronan Flanagan, thank you. Cheers, Connor. And Jerry, thank you. Thanks, Connor. Thanks, lads. That's episode one, two, three, and we will talk to you. I guess it'll be after Monday for the Dundalk game. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Bye bye.